Hi and welcome to Dynamics Update. Uh, we are back uh, straight after Christmas and right before New Year's. And we are not going to do a year in review as all other podcasts. We are rather going to do exactly what we usually do. We are going to talk about the latest release of uh, Dynamics 365 for finance and operations. And with me as usual is Gustav. Hey, Gustav. Hello, everyone. Yeah, like you said, um, the year in review uh, might not give us that much. So we're focusing on the 10.0.16 update. And um, hopefully um, this content will give you what you need to start 2021 with a bang. Yes, uh, and, and there might be some some repeats of things that we've said before. So uh, let's see, because th there was a, it wasn't that much in this release. Uh, we we uh, noticed both of us that that uh, the different areas of the application didn't get that much attention this time. It was mostly on uh, documentation, on, on the technical part, and so on. So let, let's uh, let's <laughs> start, Gustav. What is on top of your list? Yeah, sure. But I mean, there is some, uh, of course, uh, they haven't been lazy. And uh, my, my top one was, I think you, you mentioned as well, was your top one was um, user session management, which, which is basically, it's kind of weird. And I really want to test it out because I'm not sure what it means. I mentioned before in the last podcast, um, my <laughs> my favorite form, the online users form, where you, you were able to to see who was online, etc. And th this is a setting which is new to 1016. Um, it's basically to prolong per session how long a user can remain active. And to be fair, I mean, the maximum session length here can be up to <laughs> 2160 hours which is 90 days with a minimum of one hour and and to be clear here this is active sessions so 90 days i mean i i realize a lot of people are frustrated with um, coming back from lunch and and then going back and saying hey, you're logged out etc but there is a reason for that and the reason is memory consumption the reason is having a lot of active users uh, online onto each AOS so I have to be honest the documentation page here doesn't really tell me um, if I can set a default per user it seems to be that you have to go into each user um, when they are active and set a maximum session length. So what's your thought on this, Johan? Yeah, so so I um, actually read up a bit on this uh, because there is also a parameter which says inactive user session length, yeah. which is by default set to 30 minutes. So if you have a maximum inactive session length of 30 minutes and you have a maximum session length of, of 90 days, you have to work a lot. It's a lot of <laughs> micro breaks, not more than that. No. But uh, so, and I also think that that the same that we said uh, last time when we talked about the online users, I think we thought of need to rethink how we think about active users, because the I mean we up until now or up until a couple of months, half a year or so ago. We were basically using, and and I know I know this is a bit mean, but we were basically using AX twenty twelve R four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because we still had uh, a SQL, even though it was a an Azure SQL, 
we still had virtual machines which were running the AOS service yeah. just as before. Correct. We were able to log on to them. We were able to restart the service and so on. But we have discussed this a couple of times before that we are moving away from that architecture. We are moving more towards the service fabric architecture. And and I, I guess that, and, and also we're having a, a web interface, which is mm-hmm. a bit different than what we've had before which means that all of a sudden the online users is not the same as online users used to be because the the IIS no. in 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 its turn does some of the managing of the sessions uh, not as much as we would like maybe but but it does some of the m- online user yeah. management yeah, of course. And I mean, I, I, when you read the documentation, it says so the users required to enter their, their credentials. It might be a security thing. It's just when I read this, and I don't really see the need for it. Um, 90 days. I mean, it seems so excessive. But um, uh, let's let's just uh, keep it. And let's, uh, I mean, it's, in the, it's there. If some user has to run a very, very long report, that's good. You can let them, <laughs> let them have their session running. But um, it should it should be there as like a, a, a fallback. But um, anywhere, anytime a user has to run a report taking longer than two hours, you should really look into other issues than extending the, that user's session. But um, maybe yes. one when we get uh, big enough, uh, um, we will be, be able to call Microsoft and ask them what they mean. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Absolutely. We can, we can have one. some product manager that can explain this in an interview and, or so on. Yeah, exactly. I do know Microsoft are very, very helpful with that. So um, I'm sure if we ask, they will help us. Uh, yes. All right. So um, my first one is actually deprecations. That's usually your uh, side of the fence. But in this case, this is actually something that has to do with uh, users and infrastructure. And it, when, and it has to do with Microsoft Internet Explorer, which is going away <laughs> from 10.0.16. So Boo-hoo. it's Internet Explorer. Internet Explorer is no longer supported as a client for Dynamics 365 for finance hmm. operations. And, and I, I think that is sort of a non-issue because I know that most of uh, the users are not using IE anymore because it doesn't work really well anyway. Uh, but <laughs> what I also wanted to mention in this case was that if you are using the old version of Microsoft Edge, the one that came with Windows 10 from the beginning, you also need to deprecate that because final support of inter of, of microsoft edge is march 9th 2021 so we are really closing in on it if you haven't done this please start by looking into um, the chromium edge version which is i mean you 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 can't really miss it because every time you you, you browse to a microsoft page it actually tells you you should use this browser instead <laughs> so uh, exactly but yeah. i i i i, t- I totally understand that if you you're with a big company it's not that easy and if you haven't no, already gone gone to chrome absolutely definitely look into to the, the chromium version of edge because it's basically the yeah. same as Mar- at Go- as google chrome but without the chrome tie-ins 
But I mean, to be honest, I totally get the, the, the legacy thing here where you are relying on other applications, mostly legacy, where you have to have like IE. I hope that's an issue that's going away. That's been an issue a long time that you have applications that are dependent on IE. But um, with the switch from Edge to Chromium Edge or whatever, you, I mean, now it's just Edge, right? Um, that shouldn't be too much of a transition, right? I mean, people have been using, uh, either you use Chrome or you use Edge or you use Safari or whatever, but of course, but um, that transition can't be that much. I mean, from IE, I, I understand that you might um, have issues, but to be honest, if you use IE right now, that shouldn't be, the, that's going to dynamics is not your issue. <laughs> you have other problems, then you need to work work on um, upgrading and, and removing your legacy systems but you already know that so hopefully I, I think that transition won't be too much right do you think Juan? I, I don't think you should underestimate uh, the the problems that large companies have with going to a new software whatever it takes and, and if it's something that is as closely coupled with the operating system as Internet Explorer is I mean there are a lot of customers that still have like old SharePoint sites, which still requires Internet Explorer. Uh, and they should, yeah. I, I totally agree, they should have done this eons ago, but <laughs> they didn't because they didn't have to. And, and now they are really, really at the end of the line. <laughs> no, I totally agree. And I'm not underestimating that at all. I, I've been there and I've done it and I've been uh, in many such cases. So what I'm saying is just that if your issue is that you're using Dynamics 365 right now, um, I don't think the, the problem with uh, phasing out IE is that big. Because if you're using 365, you probably won't be using IE anyway. You will be using Chrome or any other system like that. If you're stuck in 2012 or uh, any other system, yes, of course. I, I totally understand. And I've been there and I've uh, <laughs> unfortunately been, been, been part of downgrading systems as well um, but um, my point is just from a 365 perspective I don't think the transitioning should be that big of an impact it's more on the legacy side uh, that's a technical debt we all have to work with all right so what's next on your list um, a lot to be honest uh, even though this is not quite a big release but let's take a small one um, going through the commerce release I noticed one thing which was very nice it's um, it's customized transactional emails based on delivery mode uh, or mode of delivery. Depends on how you <laughs> want to frame it. But this is actually, this is not a new thing, to be honest. And uh, it is always, I, I'm leaning towards retail and towards commerce. So I've always been um, kind of system agnostic in that regard. So I worked a lot with the different systems, um, retail, a lot with e-commerce, many different platforms, Magento, Intershop, Etc. But um, and the emails that you get as a customer whenever you place an order, when the order is picked, when the order is cancelled, when the order is short picked, etc. It's always been a very very um, interesting point of mine because you have to trigger these, and they are triggered based on a lot of different points in the system. But now <laughs> it's a new feature. Um, where if you do not use an external e-commerce or you do not use an external WMS or whatever, um, now 
you can actually customize the emails, the email templates that you use within Dynamics based on delivery mode. So, which means that you can say, instead of just saying your order is picked or your order is shipped, you can say your order is shipped with this carrier, or, which is more likely, you can say that this order is now sent to the store where you want to pick it up, because delivery mode, in most cases in this scenario, is used by saying, okay, this this parcel or this package is sent to be picked up at a nearby store, rather than shipped by a specific supply, uh, carrier. So... It's a small thing. It's not that complicated, to be honest. It's just one thing added to the to the um, uh, logic. Now you can use a specific email template for that. So you can say, per delivery mode, use this template or this one. And as always, you can use it per every um, notification type. You can use the order cancellation, order created, confirmed, invoice, picked, packed, ready for pickup, etc. So all these th th things still apply. It's just that now you can customize as well by delivery mode. And um, I think it's nice. It's just one thing to say that Microsoft is catching up to, to all of the modern um, e-commerce platforms. So you don't necessarily have to buy a very, very high-end e-commerce platform if you don't need it. Mm, that's cool. That's cool. And I, I mean, we, we've been discussing... Um commerce for a while uh, and and uh, the e-commerce part is a fairly new addition uh, it it has some some uh, older siblings that we may might not need to talk about but but it is a new one and i i sort of get the impression anyway that that they are putting a lot of, of work into it and and getting it as as at least in in the vicinity of of competing with the the competition yeah yeah, so my next one on the list is actually when it comes to Visual Studio. And I, I know that we mentioned before that, that when you deploy images with the previous version, you get Visual Studio 2017 instead of Visual Studio 2015. And that is because in 10.0.16, they are deprecating the support for Visual Studio 2015 totally. So you are no longer able to use Visual Studio 2015, which means that if you haven't already redeployed all of your development machines, you will need to do it. And there is no upgrade path. You will have to totally redeploy them and sync down the, the code repository branches again. Yeah, exactly. So, and with, and with that, they are also completely deprecating the ability to build metadata hotfixes, which means that if you haven't already upgraded from version eight, which you should have a long time ago, you are no longer able to build any code for previous versions prior to 10.0.0. Very cool. And, and like you said, we, we mentioned it before and it's, it's quite important to, to know. Um, and don't underestimate the time it takes to redeploy these VSs. It takes a lot of time, and uh, if you're doing what you should do, it shouldn't be that big of a problem. But uh, if you are working a lot locally on your machines, then it might take some time. So be aware that 10.0.16 is the last version where this is supported, but still deprecated. 
Yeah, and especially if, as Gustav is saying, you're working locally with virtual machines on your laptop or whatever, uh, first of all, it is a fairly big image that you need to download. So it it, it is about, uh, I think it's about like 50, 60 gig or so, which you need to download. So that shouldn't be underestimated either. No, exactly. So what is next on your list? Um, next on my list is one thing that I think we brought up before and more like a, <laughs> a cliffhanger or something. Uh, it's the um, inventory visibility add-in. Um, it's something I'm, I've been working with a lot lately and it's very, very um, close to my heart. It's um, stock on hand, basically. I mean, it's dynamics as a stock on hand master. In any scenario, you might have a dynamics as like you might have dynamics as a master for inventory value. You might have an external WMS system, but I haven't met any scenario where you have external systems that uh, where they do not want to check stock on hand live. It's always like yeah, you get these um, nightly exports with this is stock on hand right now. Um, this add-in, which I'm trying to test right now, so. I, I will um, update more in the next podcast where, where I've been actually been able to test it more. It's basically an add-in. It's real-time inventory visibility with external systems. That's the documentation part of it. Um, it's built for scalability. It's supposed to handle large number of transactions. It's a microservice. It's a REST API where you can uh, ask Dynamics what is the stock on hand for this item, this location, or, I mean, uh, this warehouse, this location, this site. And reading up on it, it seems to be basically an exposure of the uh, Inland on Hand class. But um, So you have to make sure that your legacy systems or your integration platform can translate or at least have some way of knowing um, inventory dimensions. I mean, size, color, style, um, warehouse, site, etc because that's what you have to pass into this service to be able to get a response back. But it's really nice because it's a, it's a RESTful API, and if you have all of this in place, it does require a very, very um, low amount of development. It's built upon Dataverse, which means that you can build Power Apps, you can do Power BI analytics on it, and um, I'm really looking forward to testing this right now in our new shiny <laughs> vanilla deploy, right, Johan? Which we have... Yep soon on Engage where we can test these things out. Um, but um, uh, I also want to mention that it's quite nice that Microsoft uses the term ancillary systems. I always speak in the term legacy. Um, legacy means like everything which is not cloud, <laughs> but ancillary is basically everything which you use, which is you doing a function. So the point is that with this um, standard API or standard standard function, you can connect your systems which require on-hand data. Um, so I'm looking forward to testing it out. I'm not sure you want, have you read about it or tested it? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Not yet. All right. So nope. um, next podcast, hopefully we'll be able to, to, to give you guys some real-time test data, but it's a very nice feature and it's, um, well, uh, good to use to connect your legacy systems as well as your cloud systems using Power BI or Power Apps. Yes, uh, my next one is not that interesting. 
uh, it is email <laughs> throttling. And uh, email throttling is a possibility for you to set rules on how many emails should be sent on a, in a certain time period. And that's mostly useful if you're using an external email provider to send emails, because those might actually see it as spam if you're trying to push too many emails in a short amount of time. So especially when you do like invoicing and you're sending out all of your 25,000 invoices at once, uh, it, it might be a bit much for your provider. So you can actually, if, if they have rules which basically block you if you use their service too uh, hard, then you can actually set up the similar rules on your end, telling it how much it can actually send in a short amount of time. So that's uh, that's a good one. And, and especially if you're using a third-party service for like uh, legal or, or compliance reasons, that's very nice to know. Right. So where do you set this up? I mean, how do you configure an SMTP server? I mean, uh, usually you would um, you would guess that Microsoft handles this, but if you need to use an external SMTP server, this is where this comes into play, right? Uh, no, yeah. So, so uh, setting up a, a, an SMTP server, there is no SMTP server set up in the in the vanilla system. You need to configure it. I, even if you're using Microsoft, you need to configure it. There is no okay. set. There is no default SMTP Office 365 setup. You need to configure it anyway, uh, and you do it in the system administration setup under email settings. You, regular mm-hmm. SMTP address port. Uh, does it use encryption? Does it need a login? Yada yada yada. Uh, <laughs> and and I, I would guess that that is where you also set the. the 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 email throttling rules um, could also be under document management, but I think it yeah. should be under SMTP settings. Uh, but as I said, there is no default email setup. So when you set up a new environment, you're not able to send any emails. That's All it. Right. All right. Uh, my next topic, and I think this is your next topic as well, Ivan. Um, we just noted, uh, both of us, that a lot of, um, well, headliners during this release uh, has to do with documentation. And uh, it's very good. It's nice that we're catching up with documentation, that we're updating it. And um, my guess would be that December is a month, I mean, from retail perspective, it's Christmas sales. Um, a lot of um, well, clients have a yearly closing, etc. So not that many deploys. A lot of freeze periods are along. So it's a very good time to catch up with documentation. So that's my theory <laughs> why we're seeing a lot of um, documentation right now. And uh, I mean, Johan, do you have any other opinion? Uh, n- no, that's the same thing here. Um... I think that that uh, pushing things during the rest of the year is is fairly important. You need to keep up with the deadlines and so on. And if I don't remember, misremember, um, there is actually like a gap over Christmas and summer where they have a, a bit of a more lax schedule in the releases. Mm. So yeah. I think that's where, where they actually do uh, update uh, 
documentation. But uh, that is actually uh, an interesting point to bring up because it's not only Microsoft that is updating the documentation. Anyone can actually update the documentation, which is, a, a, I think it's a, it's a really interesting way of doing it. So if you go on to docs.microsoft.com, um, there is actually on the docs page, there is actually an edit button. You can actually edit it. So what this does is that you either get the option to send in a suggestion. You can write in the comments below. It's like a wiki article, basically. So Wikipedia. Mm. You can write in the in the doc comments below that this uh, document is not correct. You need to change this and this and this. Or there is a misspelling here or something like that. Uh, but what you also can do is you can actually do the edit and request uh, make a, make a pull request uh, for because everything here is is um, is stored in GitHub. So yeah. all of the changes that you do is made in GitHub, and then you do a pull request, which means that Microsoft will review your change, and then they will pull the documentation back into the, the documentation. So so it's not only Microsoft making the changes in in the documentation, which I think is really nice. That's very nice. And if that sounds scary, because you don't want to do like a git pull, um, I would also uh, highly recommend to ask questions in the comments uh, in the documentation, because I did that once and I was very, very um, happily surprised to get a response like an hour after my, my question, which I had been searching and searching for. I just asked a question regarding like license um, a couple of years back. And, and to be honest, the guys and girls at Microsoft are very, very fast at answering. So don't be afraid to ask questions in the comments. And if you're up for it, um, like Johan suggests, please um, use the Git uh, well, um, feature and uh, actually edit documentation for your own. Yep. Because, I mean, that's also one thing that, that has been an issue before, I think, that you have a lot of documentations and a lot, lot, lot of step-by-step uh, -step guides and so on, but they're not being maintained and they're not uh, being looked after, which means that in this case, we can actually do the work for Microsoft and tell them that this is actually wrong. Or we can get an explanation on, on you need to, to uh, as Gustav said, make this clearer because we don't understand what you actually mean. I don't really have anything else, Ivan, uh, on my list tonight. So, um, do you have anything else? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm, right. I'm, um, I'm all out, of, all out of list. Nothing else on my wish list. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. I'm quite content. Uh, so, I'm looking forward to the next release. Um, uh, I think there will be a lot of stuff happening in 2021. Um, not only focusing on the releases, but um, I'm really looking forward to testing all this uh, new stuff out. So, um, thanks, Ivan. Uh, have a nice uh, New Year's and see you back in 2021. Happy New Year. Take care. Bye-bye.